And I just remember that Anadrol hitting like a sledgehammer. I was like, oh my God. This went off the rails, like reps and reps on everything, yeah. like a whole plate on a bunch of stuff. You know, I was training with two those two good, really good guys at the time. So like the workouts were just nuts. We were screaming in each other's faces and just forced reps on everything. And I remember just everything just, it was the best month of training I think I'd ever had. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I just thought Anadrol was the sh- Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. I'm here, Big Ron Partlow, as usual, Dusty Hanshaw, and the producer, Scott McNally. Fresh from Australia, we have to hear about this. Yes. Uh, remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and... Ring the bell. Ring the bell. And remember, IamMutant.com. Go to IamMutant.com. Use Dusty20 or Big Ron20 to get your 20% off. And uh, get your protein there, your ISO surge, your all-in pre-workout, and everyone should get on the gear. Get the gear, the EAAs. Okay, we are in business. Scott, yes, how sir. was Australia? Are we leading with Australia, let's, or are we let's, leading with let's lead topic with our, lead? Yeah, we've got a topic, and then I'll tell you guys about it later, though, because I've, I've got so much stuff, and I want to and, tell and, you and about meeting we're gonna, Tony. We're gonna all that. We're gonna be bad. We're gonna be bad boys today, and we're gonna talk about. St- <laughs> Wait, oh, oh, boy. yeah. Well, well, I'll edit that just in case. Um, here we go, though. So, yeah, we had a lead topic. It was from one of our questions, and if you guys want to take part in the next episode, uh, just question, comment below, or comment on Patreon. And I have a thread up over there for our Patreon people. You guys are freaking awesome, by the way. Like, we have gotten so many great comments while uh, the show was on its hiatus for a few weeks. I mean, nobody Oof. knew it was on a break, but right, we were right. on a break. It was so, like a break up. It was just a break. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Question for the next Q and A: uh, What was the moment in your history of PEDs where you were a little shocked or spooked, and even said, "Man, I am on some serious crap right Beep. now"? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Um, so I, I I did a pre coverage of this to the guys, and I don't have anything where I was taking a ton of stuff because everyone knows I'm a liar. Liar, um, liar. but. Uh, <laughs> What I do have is a lovely experience with an with a injectable windstraw into my tricep leading into the 2013 USA's, and uh, it was one of those ones where I, I always, Ron, you'll love this, but I never take my own shots. I have people give them to me, and uh, <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. And uh, yes, yeah. uh, I had uh, an injection in the tricep. I was watching a show, and uh, she went off to bed, and I sat there, and I was like. Oof. Like instantly. Hurts. Just yeah. Just one second. I don't doubt that at one point in Dusty's life he had a minimum of five yeah. registered nurses that he could have called <laughs> to come over to his house. RNs, not just girls that'll give him shots, but yeah. he would have RNs, at least five, yeah. that he could call at any point in time. They'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. Like it would be no big deal. I'm just had to point that out. It's not even wrong. I can't even like argue. I'm just hmm? Just nod and keep going. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so I'm, I'm like, all right, you know, you know, and we all have a, you've all had a painful shot and you're like, ah, this one was throbbing. And I'm like, okay, we might have a problem. So I look at your heartbeat in your tricep and it's, it's literally <laughs> immediately bigger. Yeah. Oh okay. God. I mean, yeah, immediately. Like, so we got a bleeder. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we got a bit of a problem. And, and of course I'm thinking to myself like, all right, well, there's nothing I can do. I basically just injected, you know, milk and glass into my arm. I mean, that's essentially what WD forty and glass WD forty is essentially that was, what. That was the old fear back in the day. Was that fake Winstraw would be WD forty? Was it really? That was yeah. the old fear. I never heard say, this. Oh, one. You gotta be careful. Well, look at WD forty. They look really. Look I thought it looked like. I thought it looked like milk. Like it's cre- the like only white. reason that you didn't that you could tell the difference in WD forty. Oh, sorry, not WD forty. Armor all, armor all. Sorry, oh. same, same. The that only reason the you could fear. tell the difference is because armor all doesn't have glass shards in it, and Winstrol does. <laughs> <laughs> armor all is a little smoother, to be honest. <laughs> Way safer, and you're and you're gonna glisten on stage. So yeah. <laughs> not that anabolic, but pretty good shot. Yeah. <laughs> See? I mean, not that I've ever tried it, but I've heard. Um, so anyway, yeah, it swells fear. up okay. like crazy. Yeah. It's enough pain that I have to keep it moving. 
because I'm like, all right, I'm not going to the hospital because, I, again, I have friends that will just bring me drugs to the house. It'll be fine. So I just said, all right, I'm going to need a pain med, and I'll figure out, obviously, what else I need once I buy you some time. Yeah. Yes. So I decided to go to Walmart and just check out things on the shelf, moving them around up and down. And, you know, people were like, oh, that, that guy's on some serious drugs walking around in here. Yeah. So the next like you morning, and the tweakers, you were the guys oh, were the only people bad. in yeah. Walmart. Pe- I was hour. the people of Walmart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I probably I can't remember. I was probably in a tank top with a swollen ass tricep, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so I call a friend, literally Fucking meet nice. them in the front yard with a glass of water in my hand to take the pain meds that she brings, <laughs> pop in my mouth, slam them. She's Another like, what happened? Nurse. So I, she was actually, just, yeah, yeah. That, that one was actually, this one was better because she could write scripts. So anyway, <laughs> so, so she wrote me the script for the infection actually while I was there. Oh, fact. nice. Um, <laughs> got that worked out, but uh, it had swollen so much. No less than three inches on my arms at that at my arm at that time. That's how swollen it was. Hmm. And I don't know what it means. I never really got to the bottom of it. But by the time a week and a half had went by, I was six weeks out when this happened. The skin was peeling off on the outside. Ooh, like literally like a chemical burn coming off yeah. the outside. Um, and so I was like, all right, we're going to see. I'm just going to keep prepping. And if it'll come down enough. And it won't be noticeable if my tan girl can work magic on it. We'll be okay. And you could actually tell on stage if you look at the pictures, you could see that the, uh, the tricep was was a mess. And I had a good old horn for years after that in that tricep. No kidding. So we do not take injectable install anymore, or WD forty, or Armorall for any of my clients. I've got or questions. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> Was this your first shot of winning? Oh, no. On the cycle? Oh, no. No, I love... Okay. That's the thing. It wasn't even the first shot from that bottle. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I don't know what the huh. deal was, but I mean, it was the last one. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. I actually, that's why I loved Winstraw, though, because I did always see an immediate, like, swelling, which uh, I always attributed to being good news to, like, breaking up fascia a little bit. Like, all right, go in there, we get some swelling. It'll go down. <laughs> it's going to help you. It's like stretching only from the inside out. <laughs> Wild. I, I know what you mean about the peeling skin because when I tore my quad and I had my surgery, my legs swelled up a lot and all the skin around my, down my shin and around my ankle started peeling like I had a sunburn. Yeah. Yeah, see? And it's uh, an inflammatory response that, like triggers that and i just had so much inflammation and i was worried at one point i was like oh shit sorry inflammation inflammation inflammation. um, (laughs) yeah and it wasn't just because i was stressed (laughs) i'm so inflamed right now literally Um, your leg yeah, yeah yeah um and uh it actually scarred my shin so my shin is like discolored it's it's like got a bit of a bruise down it now permanently and a little huh. bit around the inside of my ankle from when my skin peeled off there's nothing i could do about it you know oh yeah you just wait for it to heal and get the inflammation out of your leg you know so yeah. it's crazy as uh i so dusty's got a bad shot in his try that made his try look pointed mm-hmm. i want to tell the story about the first time i took anadrol okay Ooh. yeah and so i had arrived in australia and I, I won't say how, but I had a bottle of Syntex Anapolon 50 purchased from a pharmacy. Oh, wow. As real as it gets. It was called Anadrol only in the United States. The rest of the world, it was called Anapolon. So okay. Anapolon 50 and Anadrol 50 were exactly the same drug made by Syntex. You brought it and in I- or you... Yeah, you can't I would say just it. say it. I oh, had it okay. in my hand. You had it. So, <laughs> you had it. Okay. I had it was it. there. I had a bottle of Syntex and Anapolin 50 that was from Hong Kong. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I may have After been in Hong Kong previous to that, but I'm not saying that those two are connected. So um, That was a ballsy move now that I've been through Australian customs, by the way. Well, this was the 90s. It was a little, okay. I don't know. It was a different time. <laughs> So, so anyways, so I'm, I'm there and, uh, I think to myself, okay, I got a hundred tabs and they're 50 megs each. Yeah. So I'll do 
one pill at a time for 25 days and then I'll I'll wait and the next time I do a little cycle I'll pepper that one with 25 days anadrol. I'm thinking to stretch this bottle out over like a whole year, right? That's all like like you know, and I'm I'm backpacking. I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'll use the anadrol like I'll get I'll get a bit of test off somebody and then I'll just sprinkle the anadrol in like in the middle of the cycle, you know? Yeah. First time I think I might have been taking a, you know, a couple hundred milligrams of test a week, you know, I didn't have any money. I was like broke. And I sprinkle the Anadrol in the first time I ever took Anadrol. And <clears throat> I remember I would have been 20 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old. And my dumbbell shoulder press just went wild. Like I remember I was doing like the 110s and I threw the Anadrol in and I was doing the 135s. And this was in like 95. <laughs> I remember kicking up the 135s and just pressing them. Like yeah. no spotter helping me get them up. I just had this right. dumb, dumb farm kid <laughs> anadrol strength. <laughs> like it's one thing to be able to press them, but I was just grabbing them off the floor, putting them on my knees, kicking them up. Bam, bam, bam. And like I look back and like I think when I was 20 years old, I was probably the best dumbbell shoulder presser of my entire life. I don't think I got any better than that. Yeah, I just yeah. started getting hurt. <laughs> just started wearing shit out. But when I was 20, I was like strong as shit on those. And I just remember that Anadrol hitting like a sledgehammer. I was like, oh my God. I just went off the rails, like reps and reps on everything. Yeah. Like a whole plate on a bunch of stuff. You know, I was training with two those two good, really good guys at the time. So like the workouts were just nuts. We were screaming in each other's faces and just four strips on everything. And I remember just everything just, it was the best month of training I think I'd ever had. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I just thought Anadrol was the shit. You yeah. were not wrong. <laughs> and it, and, and after I finished that bottle, it, it, that whole bottle was amazing. I never took it for a few years and then it, you know, all the underground stuff shows up. Anadrol was never that as good. I know it's the first time you take it, but yeah, it's still yeah. nothing compared, man. Nothing compared. <laughs> I had a face like a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part. Oh, I was so everyone was like, you're huge for how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything where I really felt like that. I mean, there was moments, I guess, like my first real cycle. I remember I bought everything at once, so I had it all ahead of time, and it came to me uh, in uh, a, a. Do you remember the old plastic VHS boxes? Like, you, oh you, yeah, you know your VHS would come in like a sleeve type box, but then right. you could get the nice ones that were like hard case plastic. All the Disney movies. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So I got one of those porns, and, yeah. and it was Disney and porn. It was labeled. <laughs> they dictate uh, the market. Wedding video volume two is the way it said in the mail and customs and all of that. And I remember opening that up and having a couple vials of test and some D ball in there and some Proviron. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm on it now. That was the one time. And the other time was literally like back in the nineties getting on the, um, the, the, what was that? The, the, uh, Androstendiol. And then they oh, came yeah. out with the Androstendione. And you yeah, could yeah. buy a bottle that had both of them stacked together. And I took, like, yeah, I took one cap before every workout. That <laughs> it's like I probably needed like five every five hours. Stack you know what stack. I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 But <laughs> I took that wild. one cap. You know, every every workout, man, I felt like I was doing something special at that point. <laughs> Not uh, nearly as good as your stories, but I did have a bad injection story though too. That was terrible. It was dumb because the company I used came out with. Um, the blend where you'd have like 250 test and 250 deca in you know right. per milliliter now, all and, that stuff started hitting the market the blended stuff yeah, yeah. so and worst, uh, more control i got that and i got like a test 400 okay and i was like all right well i want to front load all of this so i i took like i can't remember what it was but it would have been like three milliliters mixed of those th compounds right that are oh, all super no. high dose so it's like a gram of gear in there yeah and pop that right in my quad and, oh uh, yeah it oh. turned it turned colors and black was one of them <laughs> It was bad. Dude, the quad. Why yeah. the quad? Oh. It's my next. It was my next spot. You know what I mean? I, I did quads. I did glutes back then. I did shoulders oh. back then. I hadn't discovered oh. lats yet. 
uh, or the little muscles like buys oh. and tries. And yeah, it, the ones it, that easily work and don't hurt like that. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was like a tennis ball being implanted in your leg and only like, you know, the, the like the 10% of it, like an iceberg where you could see like 10% of it yeah, bumping out. But, but 90% you just, under your leg. You knew that was the case. Yeah. Were yeah. you limping for like two weeks? Oh, yeah. Three yeah, weeks. It was, it was bad. I ended up, yeah. I got an antibiotic that I had around and, um, I can't remember where I got it, but it wasn't strong enough. So then I got a different one. And when I got on Bactrim, that's what finally kicked it out. Like I needed oh, a so strong. you had an infection. Oh yeah. I'm sure I got a sterile abscess out of it, you know, because oh, okay. it, I, yeah, it was clean gear. Cause I kept using it. <laughs> it was, that was my it was next good. question. Yeah. Were oh, you yeah. dumb enough to keep using it? Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. I kept using it and I was fine, but I didn't do shots that volume anymore. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was bad cause it turned like green, you know, first it turned pink, right. And then it turned red and then it turned purple and then it turned green. And when it started turning black, then I was like, Oh man. And it was like one more day, I'm going to go to the hospital. And I, you know, waited and I'm like, okay, one more days. day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bathroom kicked in and I was all right. I did learn something though. Um, I discovered that, that. If, yeah, that's the first thing I learned. <laughs> I tell people that. never to get blends anymore. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or and then like the T four hundred, T five hundred. I I just stay away from that stuff altogether. But I discovered too that if you compress a limb that has had a bad shot, that you can press, you can push the inflammation out of it. And it and I've used that since. So after that, I obviously had other shots that didn't go great. But you could like take an ace bandage and wrap that tricep. Or wrap Try that quad, yeah, yeah, and you you know wake up the next morning and the inflammation would be dramatically reduced, range of motion be better. But man, the things we did to ourselves for bodybuilding, and that was like you know you know what I mean. That was like everyday stuff. You know what I mean. You just dealt with those things. Oh, that's crazy. I, do you ever have those with those? I had those times where you, I can't remember what the brand was, but I had a little kangaroo on the label, and uh, I would get. <laughs> Right off the bat, <laughs> I would get I would get sick after every shot. Ooh, and I finally oh, yeah. had to learn that I just couldn't. I'm like, this is like, you know, you you go like five shots, and you're like, if I can't eat because I'm sick and I can't train, yeah. then this is not a good cycle. And you just throw it all. Yeah, away. yeah. I you know, I don't trust I just those Yeah, the kangaroo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember, I, I've, I know I've said this before on the show, but I remember I was at a guest posing and uh, he's not, I'm sure he, he's not going to see this, but Gunter, Gunter guest yeah. post. And uh, he like, it was right at, yeah, it was right after the 2002 Olympia. So he'd had that crazy top five placing where everyone was yeah, like, yeah. oh my God. And yeah. then he beat, beat Ronnie. So I saw him guest pose like right after that. Yeah, yeah. Beat. The, beat, the beat Ronnie show. So, um, Anyways, I saw him guest pose, and he was huge. Like, looked absolutely awesome. And uh, his one delt wasn't striated. It wasn't, like, huge or anything. It just wasn't striated, and I kind of noticed. And then I was talking to him after, and he actually brought it up. He's like, yeah, I was really worried. I had a bad shot. And I go, oh, what did you, what did you do? And he goes, oh, I was a shot at that a shot at Tokyo gear. Oh, yeah. And I remember just thinking, like, Holy, like guys at that level are using like underground Tokyo gear? Because <laughs> at the time it was like a sketchy underground brand that was like on the message boards, right? Yeah, it was Mexican, right? Yeah, it was Mexican. And yeah. I, I think it was at that time I realized I'm like, oh, like everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like, cause you know, you kind of tend to think like, oh, these guys at that level, they get like all crazy this and that. But it's like, eh, everyone's got the same buddies at the gym. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. got the same guys, you know, getting the same stuff. You know what I mean? And it was just like a wake-up call. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, these never dealing with this crap never ends. Like, yeah, no. the guys at the, that level, they're still dealing with this crap, you know? Yeah. I don't know how he got it, but I used to train with a guy named Don who had a Tokyo Labs T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Did <laughs> have a dog on it? <laughs> I'd give anything to have that shirt right now. I'd wear that on every episode. It was T with it was Tokyo with two T's, right? I can't remember. I can't remember I think exactly. It was something like that or yeah. something like that. But yeah, that was, that was cool shirt. days, man. That's so funny. I've got a really fun one for you guys, and I'm excited to hear your answer for this one. 
Uh, gentlemen, discussion for the next show, the Olympia versus the Arnold, plus your experiences going to both. Keep up the great work. I'm excited to hear your answers because you guys have been to a lot of both. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is... Oh, this is a tough one, Ron. You're going to go first because I, I got like I got to figure out where my brain wants to go. It's broken. Well, I think at the end of the day, the Olympia is a funner trip because it's more relaxed. Yeah. Generally, it's Vegas, while excluding the fact we have to go to Orlando this year. But for me, the Olympia has always been Vegas. It's a super easy trip. It's a it's a one flight that's two barely two and a half hours long. There's, you know, where I go to the Arnold, I have to connect in Toronto or Chicago and then fly to Columbus. And, you know, um, the Olympia is more laid back. The expo is more laid back. It's like nobody's dieting except for the people that are actually in the Olympia. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. kind of yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everyone else is just like kind of having fun. You know what I mean? It just seems like a different vibe. I was thinking when you go to the Arnold, like everyone's everyone's on their meals and it's like everyone's in a frenzy and it just has that vibe like very like yeah you know the arnold's very yeah the very arnold's very high energy it's like full on man and the olympia is kind of chilled like everyone's a little bit hungover or they're still a little baked from the night before yeah and um (laughs) just kind of got that like you go to the booth and you're like good morning and everyone's like hey how's it going yeah like (laughs) You know, <laughs> still wearing sunglasses, still wearing sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and uh, um, but but I mean, as far as the actual shows, I think they're both like both traditionally pretty good. I don't remember like thinking one was way better than the other or anything like that. Um, I don't know. They're both pretty. They're both great to attend. I, I usually tell people the Olympia is more fun and it's easier for me. So that's the one I like better. But, <laughs> yeah. but the Arnold is like fantastic and I love the direction they're taking it in. And I'm not a fan of the Orlando trip this year for the O at all. Not, I'm really not looking forward to it. Emily might not even come because she doesn't really want to fly to Orlando and it's like six hour flight for us and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be yeah. a struggle for you to get there, Dusty. You're all of yeah, like tough. two states away, something like that. It's like a straight down shot. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's funny is I'm the same. Like the Olympia belongs in Vegas. Mm-hmm. It just does. Like, and I know, bef- you know before I was really into it, it was bouncing around. Mm-hmm. And then it landed in Vegas and stuck because that's where it belongs. And I know why they're doing it. They couldn't get back on the schedule. This right. will be the last year it's in Orlando. And it'll never be back. It'll be in Vegas ongoing as long as, as, long as they still own it, from what I understand. So... Excited for that. Um, to answer the question, I thought just purely on my experiences. And I have memories of like that I can visually see in my head of Olympia moments taking place hmm. that blew my mind on stage, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, those things cannot be replaced, you know? Um, so the Olympia will always be my favorite. Plus, like Ron said, it's Vegas. Like one thing I hate about the Arnold is now at this point in my life, it's it's a few days off of training because I'm not going to go have half-assed workouts in a gym with 10 million people in it. Um, and I'm not in a point in my career where I'm driving 40 minutes out of town either at four mm-hmm. in the morning to work out. Whereas the Olympia, I've got 30 gym options. So does everyone else. Yeah, that good is workouts cool. You can even just go down you to know. the hotel gym. It's better. Like some of the Vegas hotel gyms are good enough to do shoulders and arms in and stuff like that. Yeah. You know I mean? So there's there's a lot of that going on. Plus, you know, I like uh, I like to eat awesome food, food. in Vegas. 24 hours a day. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so tough to beat. So if I was going to go to one, it would be the Olympia. Um you know, this year we're doing, uh, we actually got an Airbnb so that we have a kitchen and all those things just uh, so that Nikki can stay on plan. Her coach is a fucking, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's the the only thing. So uh, I would definitely say that. Plus, outside of last year, Columbus in March. Are you kidding me? Yeah, last year was a change. Are you change. kidding me? Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. We're walking around in t-shirts outside last yeah. year. I was like, oh shit, this global warming thing is real, but it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that's my split. Yeah. So I'd I rather was, oh, oh, I was just I was just gonna say I'd rather have breakfast in a Vegas hotel than walk <laughs> four blocks 
to this spot where we eat at the Arnold or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. You but guys both make very compelling arguments, and I respect your opinions, even if you are wrong. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Arnold, the Arnold Classic, 110%. Uh, I think part of it is just that I'm a Midwest guy. So I like that bodybuilding's coming to the Midwest. I like Columbus. I've in part of it I understand is because of the experiences I've had at the Arnold. The old regime, I had an in with them and I loved that. The new crowd, so after the Lormers are gone now, Arnold's people took the whole thing over. They've changed a bunch of stuff. They even changed the t-shirts, which I'm really disappointed in. I bought a t-shirt every year from the Arnold, and they've got them pressed locally from a, a local Columbus business, and they did a fantastic job. So much so that I tried to get those t-shirts for myself, and I couldn't, but... Um, the new the new t-shirts they're using are just like more of a generic shirt they don't fit right so i probably won't be buying one in the future and that's that's because that was you know arnold's people just did something different and they outsourced it and it's gonna it's i didn't like this last one as much because i didn't feel that same personal touch there was Mm -hmm. a family element to the arnold that i really appreciated and even though it was this big thing, I still felt like it was family run, which it really was in the past. Um, so me personally, I just had so many great experiences at the Arnold. And I do feel like historically, I've had a really good group of followers from the channels. Like, Because back in the day with Bodybuilding Nerds right. Radio, there was like a lot of Michigan people, a lot of Ohio people, and then I get to see all of those people at the Arnold. Now the show's a little bit different, and we get to see people like at the Olympia. It was crazy, you know? Like, I just mm-hmm. I was going to stop by for an hour, and it lasted five last year. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I like the Arnold. I like the energy. I like that high energy. And to me, it, it's all just focused on bodybuilding for me that weekend. And there's so many just shows after shows, all the amateur, all that stuff is so cool to me. Yeah. So that's that's my take. But you guys do drive a hard argument there. Good good argument <laughs> with all the all the food. There's great restaurants in Vegas and I see yeah. there's a Vegas a Vegas show too. Uh I, I don't know about Orlando. I haven't been to one there, but I, yeah. I think I think one of the main things for me is um you know, I've been to like probably ten Arnolds and almost 20 olympias and Mm -hmm. i think one of the main things for me is that i have because of weather i have missed my connection in toronto three times oh yeah so you're on your way to the arnold and you're stuck in toronto on thursday night for no reason because there's some random snowstorm in the midwest and you're you know what i mean and then Mm -hmm. you get in and and you get to your gate. I remember one year I was looking at the plane. I'm like, it's still here. They're like, you can't get on it. Yeah. Your bag won't make it. I'm like, but it's right there. And they're like, yeah, no, sorry, we bumped you. And I'm Dang. just like, ass. You know yeah, what I mean? I could drive to the Arnold too. So yeah, and just that. Sat, you know, I showed up Friday. The expo is already going. So I yeah. showed up like Friday and showed up at the expo at like one in the afternoon because I was the only flight I could get in, you know? So yeah. like you do that a couple times. I've had it happen three times. You're just like, ah. So now I go through Chicago, which still isn't guaranteed that you're going to make a connection. Yeah. So yeah, it's a coin flip too. It's yeah, but it's you have funny. more flights, I'm sure, from yeah, Chicago. Yeah, there's more flights. That's why. So it's like, you know, lower risk. The Arnold is a straight shot down US 23 uh, from from me, and US 23 turns into like a two lane highway in the country with cornfields all around so once i get out of detroit through columbus or through toledo then i just get on you know i'm on 23 and it's just yeah a straight shot i can listen to what i want to hear on the radio stop at a gas station get a coffee or you know what i mean it's like hours it's it's three hours so it's not that long it's a historic trip for me like every year i remember like taking time off work so i could go to the arnold and just being so pumped up listening to podcasts about it on my way down about who's going to be there and seeing Kai green win and shit like that you know so oh, yeah. I, it's, I know for me it's a lot of memories that I have tied up in that yeah. show but yeah right that's my that's argument awesome. I'm sticking to it I guess you know also <laughs> you know I remember seeing Ronnie win a bunch of Olympias and then seeing Jay beat him yeah you no know? yeah. seeing Dexter win I was there when Dexter won I was like oh my god you know and then you're I was there the next year when Jay won it back and then 
when Jay gave it to Phil and did his speech about, you know, recognizing Phil as a kid and like, you know, handing him the, the title and like all that crazy stuff. And then Roden winning, like I've been yeah. at all those. So the road show was so awesome. many huge shows. Yeah. You yeah. know, I followed Brandon so closely that year because yeah. he he listened to one of our shows, so then we started getting him on our shows, and yeah. I followed him into that yeah, Olympia. Yeah, Brandon pull, pull it out, and yeah, just awesome, awesome I shows. He was wearing gold trunks, and yep. they had these the gold confetti that came down when he won, <laughs> and I almost felt like, man, was this meant to be here because of the right, gold and right. the gold? You know, it was a, it was <laughs> yeah. a cool. Moment. Maybe he got so the inside word, like yeah. hey, the confetti's gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, what or maybe do. they're like release the gold confetti. Release the gold, yeah. They got three different colors up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so funny. All right, let me see what else we got here, guys, because we did have a bunch here. Um, oh, just a comment, and uh, you know, feel free to to comment on this if you like. Just eat, uh, train, sleep, and grow in the off season. Most people look the same every year because they're afraid of getting fat in the off season. I want to see if I could trigger Ron with this one. Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of right. Like you can't be afraid of eating. You know, you don't want to get fat. But, you know, some people definitely eat like they're afraid to get fat, and there's a difference. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to, For sure. you know, I, I look at some people's off-season diet and I'm like, this is like a contest diet. Like like you're you're going to mentally fry yourself mm-hmm. trying to do this all the time. You know, so I definitely, uh, I definitely believe you can't be afraid to eat, but be responsible. Yeah. You know, a little bit of that. Low, low. I don't know. Hey, is that not triggered enough for you, Scott? What did you want it's me to right. do? You want me to get mad about that I one? wanted you to lose your mind on that that's one. Not, I'm that's not, my mind. I, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, you did. Dusty, you're better at triggering I'll get Ron. You. Than yeah. I am. All right. <laughs> no, to actually try and it's be <laughs> yeah. Every time he tries, it works. my neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah if, he, if he's going to try, I'm in trouble. All right. Um, you oh, this reviews is, when you go off. Here's a really good one for both you guys. <laughs> I love this question. I'm getting ready for my first show in April, but I got to ask, and this is a halfway serious question. Do I need to be worried about my nuts falling out of my posing trunks? Do the trunks fit? Yeah, make sure your trunks fit because <laughs> the and only also, is this time a guy or a girl. Anyway. <laughs> so I have seen a couple of suit malfunctions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I would say that in in every case, it all started with me wondering: this guy's trunks don't fit him very well. He should have different trunks. And then something yeah. happens. So that's usually a precursor. Like, make sure they fit. You know? And are these guys not practicing? I mean, like, I would yeah, be like at home. Try them on, try, like, doing the house my like, posing in the house. I'm like, oh, nut yeah. fell out. Probably shouldn't wear these. Just a thought. Yeah. Do you suggest people remember, put their trunks on to practice? Because a lot of times guys are just, like, in their boxers, you know? Oh, no. I even ask clients to do that. Yeah. As they get closer, I want to see what you're going to look like. You can buy practice trunks if you want, but I like to see trunks. You know, because they wear boxers and like up to their hip, and I'm like, I can't even see your conditioning. Yeah. And don't <laughs> you just... dare send me pictures like with a squiggle on your nuts. I don't want to see that either. Uh, no, I remember. <laughs> I remember. I got to tell this story because I just remembered it. It just came back to me. Got him. I'd blocked this out of my memory because it was so traumatic. And I just remembered something. I remember at Hardcore Gym back in the day, there was like this boxing room that was the posing room, right? It had a bag in it, but, you know, it was essentially the posing room. And everyone would go in there. It had really great lighting. And, um, and uh, you know, I was training. I was doing seated leg curls, I remember, which was right by the entry to the to door. And there was a guy in there, and he was getting ready for a show, and he's posing. And I'm like, oh. Jesus, his his dick's hanging out of his underwear. Oh God! But he like didn't realize, and he's in there <laughs> just practicing the his mandatories, like hitting his last. I did not see. And I was like, I was like oh God! And then I didn't want to say anything. I'm like, well, he's in there all by himself. I don't. I'll just move over so I don't see anymore. Yeah, you know. And then uh, this one dude that trained there, he comes over. He's like. Because Dick's hanging out of his shorts. And I go, well, I'm not saying anything to him. I'm just like pretending I didn't see it. And uh, he was in there posing for like 20 minutes. His dick hanging out of his underwear. 
And I, no one was in there, but I was just like, Jesus. Like, I, and I wanted the posing room. I was like, I, I just got to yeah. wait for this guy to come out because I can't walk in there. No. Jesus. I wait for him to come out. He comes out. He's like, oh, eh. oh good. Was his, was his dick still yes. hanging out? No, well, he, okay. he was dressed. But, good. Oh, you know, wow. You know, be aware. Be aware. <laughs> you, know? you, didn't, you didn't notice a breeze? Nothing? You're right. Wow. You're right. <laughs> it's real awkward. They're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not good. Oh, you know? Everyone's got one of those. That's a rough one. Yeah, you know. Do you guys think there'll be another singular dominant multiple Olympia winner for the open bodybuilding again? A Coleman, a Cutler, a Heath. If so, could you guys toss around a couple names, if any? Um, I don't know if we're going to ever see another five, six, seven type yeah. of thing and one of the one of the reasons might be that i think that the guys are are i mean collectively getting to such an ex, such a crazy level of size like if you look at their body weights like samson's like 300 pounds now on stage like mm-hmm. there used to just be ronnie and everyone else was 250 hmm. right you know what i mean but it's not like that anymore now it's like 300 300 300 <laughs> 275 at 56 yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. like it, it, and and I just don't think that it's sustainable for the length like Phil Heath I think was an extraordinarily gifted example of not needing to take a ton of drugs staying insanely healthy without you know anything going wrong for a really long period of time. You know what I mean? Like that, those, mm-hmm. those are the odds that are, are hard to overcome. And now with carrying all this mass, like what was Phil's heaviest body weight when he won the O? Oh, it couldn't, it couldn't have been above fifties. He's going to be two forties, right? Yeah. Two forties. I, mean, I don't even so. remember Phil really ever talking about his weight. He didn't yeah, have like, to. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. He didn't have to. Right. But now like, look at, look at like jacked and, and, and they're getting so huge. Yeah. Um, that I just don't think it's sustainable to win eight. Hmm. You know, like, I don't know. That's just my my thing. I think it all comes down to, like, how long can you do that at that level? And I think that, you know, the, the higher the level, statistically, on average, the less sustainable it is. So that's all I'm saying. And I don't mean anything bad's going to happen to them. I just mean they just get, like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tired, tired of this. I'm 350 off season. I just don't want to do this anymore. You know, like, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe also guys being able to pull more money out of their own entrepreneurial spirit, not just living off contracts, but actually able to pull mm. money out with their businesses, yeah. making themselves into brands and cashing in more on their reins. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. It's all like all the possibilities there. You know, back in the day, you had to win six Olympias to really save yourself millions of dollars. But now maybe once you win one or two Olympias, your side hustle is pulling in all your money. I don't know. You got or, your app or not going. Even, not even win. Look at, yeah. look at like Nick Walker, you know, like yeah. he hasn't won an Olympia, but like tell me he's yeah. not doing better than a lot of yeah. the guys were in 2006. Crushing it. You know what I mean? Crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the other so, thing I would you know. add is it's I think it's good because I mean you got to remember like a lot of the guys that are like they're watching this don't realize that guys used to go into the Olympia shooting for second yeah yeah like they knew they were not going to beat Ronnie Jay is the only person who ever said he could beat Ronnie and hunted yeah. him and the rest would literally I mean one of my favorite scenes, which a lot of the guys that listen won't know about this, when they did the challenge round and uh, they had Triple H interviewing guys backstage and everything, and they were trying to like hump, pump it up a little bit more on the live, and they were and Triple H was like, so Dexter, what do you see going down? And he goes, all I'm saying is I'm getting second. And Triple H <laughs> goes, second? And he goes, man, that's Ronnie Coleman. That was his answer. Yeah. Like, he was not beatable, and they knew it. So... For as a fan, I mean, look, we went to the show last year, and I have no idea who's winning this Olympia. Whereas when Jay started winning, I was like, well, Jay will win. When Ronnie was winning, Ronnie will win. When Dorian was winning, Dorian will win. It's exciting to go into the Olympia and say, all right, there's four guys, five guys 
that can win the Olympia and guys coming up. I mean, I'm grateful for the fact that there's not that dominance anymore because it does make it exciting. I mean, you know, I have skipped Olympia finals because I already knew. I was like, eh. Right. I'm in Vegas, and there's Vegas shows I don't know the end to, but I already know the end of this one. So we're good. Yeah. I think the general, like, if think about how many people are into bodybuilding and want to be Mr. Olympia. Back in Dorian's age, there was X number of people that wanted to do that. So if you happen to be gifted, you know, the cream rises to the top. Now there's 10 times that many people that want to bodybuild. So you're going to have 10 times as many really amazing specimens that enter the bubble of bodybuilding. And you're going to get a lot more cream rising to the top, right? It's just a numbers game. And so you're going to have a whole bunch more guys that have the genetics of a Samson that are in the gym pumping away. And if you know what I mean, and you just have a lot more of that at the top, the, the, the depth of the cream gets crazier is theoretically what should happen. And it should get to the point where you never have a repeat winner. You know what I mean? Like eventually mm-hmm. if you had enough really crazy guys that were at that level all the time, yeah, it should almost be like repeating should just be astonishing. Just think so, of other sports where repeating is astonishing. Like, oh yeah. you know what I mean? There's a lot of places where that's like, wow, we won two in a row. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're, cause the odds and what it takes for that to happen, injuries yeah. and perfect and yada, yada. I know it's huge. Let me ask you this. So with that in mind, Ron, has, is, is bodybuilding, was it better? Were the best guys better? The top three in that era of Ronnie, Jay, that Phil, that little era right there? Or am I numb to bodybuilding now so it just doesn't blow my mind as much anymore? Because when I think back to Jay walking out, it was like, whoo, or Kai, you know what I mean? Ronnie, like Phil at his best. I really do think to myself, the cream has risen to the top. There's more of it, but I don't see a Phil. I don't yeah. see Ronnie. So and those guys, yeah, those guys are, yeah, I, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's just our perception, you know, of, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, if you look at their body weights, it's like they're, they're getting bigger for sure. Yeah. Like their body weights are getting higher. You're right. I don't necessarily know if the look in our eyes is better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I don't know. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a trippy thing, you know, because I look back like there were when I was a kid growing up, there was there was a guy in my gym that was just a freak. And I was like, man, one day, one day, you know what I mean? And uh, then I got good at bodybuilding and got really big. And I saw pictures of him back from those times. I was like, oh, he was never very big. Right, 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 right. It's just my perception of what a freak was was incorrect. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and yeah. I kind of feel like that's why there's confusion because there's still guys now that are like, you know, and I say this respect, but they're like, man, Ronnie Coleman couldn't stand with Nick Walker. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. and Nick would tell you that, come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's understanding what the levels are, but you know it it would be fun, I guess, is what I'm saying, is to have a couple of those guys come out because it was fun in some levels for the Jay and Ronnie show every October. Oh yeah, it was like yeah, here they go. I mean, they, for a while, they only put showdown. those two on the poster. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like it was a boxing match, but it was bodybuilding yeah. <laughs> with yeah. 15 other guys. <laughs> All right. How about this one, guys? Um, he says, uh, he says, you guys often talk about bodybuilding, uh, excuse me, about building the metabolism. Um, what do you do exactly? And what's the thought process? Maybe you can help. Uh, maybe you can talk about how you approach this when working with a client. I think that Sometimes it might not be like the right word, building the metabolism. I mean, technically muscle is your metabolism, right? So the more muscle tissue you have on your body, the more calories you're going to burn when you're laying in bed at night, sleeping and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I usually tell people is basically muscle is your metabolism, essentially, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's your building up your ability to eat and tolerate and digest your food. 
um, is, is kind of what we're talking about when we talk about building the metabolism is getting your food up. Uh-huh. And um, that's when you learn like the right foods for you. You know, that's why I use a lot of white rice because I can, I can get a lot of white rice down if I wanted, you know what I mean? Whereas if I use like say pasta, it's like maybe harder to eat the volume. So part of getting your, your food up is figuring out your food choices that have mm-hmm. to be, you know, doesn't mean pasta can't work, but you got to be able to get your food down. And that comes from incrementally getting your body accustomed to it. And I do think that your metabolism speeds up a certain amount when you obviously put more food in. There's a certain amount of upregulation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's magical, like we can just get your metabolism to double or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's getting your food up and being consistent with it, which is work. It's hard work. It's not easy. Yeah, I think I think you know, and you you really nailed everything that needed to be said. But the only thing I would add in there is it gets confusing for people, like you said, when we're talking about because it does sound like we're changing the way your body functions, and that's yeah. really not the case. We're just helping your body get used to utilizing food better, and that's why, for example, if you're if your calories are really really low and you're in your off season and you're not in great shape, and now you need me to get you in shape. I only have one option, yeah, and that is to put you through hell, you know, and it's an unnecessary hell. If we had gotten your body used to using more food, there was that era, um, I want to say, you know, late 2008 to 2012, where it started pushing that you could, number one, that your metabolism was so sensitive and you would mm, shut yeah. down your body if your calories went too low. And I'm like, the body is more resilient than you guys are trying to sell it for. Um, And then the other end of the spectrum was that, no, there was a way to eat so much food and get shredded. And I'm like, also bullshit. You know what I mean? It doesn't work that way. So the idea, though, is to spend your time in the offseason getting your calories as high as they can be while maintaining a good level of body fat so that when you suffer and the suffering is coming, It'll be on more food, but it'll be just as painful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're not dodging the pain is what I want to make sure you understand. Yeah. There's no way around it. You're going to be hungry. I think that um, it can take a while for some people to get that metabolism built up. If we can use that that term, you know. Um, I think some people it happens faster than others. But I can tell you that for somebody who isn't used to eating uh, say breakfast in the morning, they'll be like, Oh, I'm not hungry at all. You know, but if you, if you have them eat a meal in when at the start of the day consistently after a few weeks, I feel like we've, I'm putting my hand up in air quotes for our audio listeners. We've, you know, like changed your metabolism. You know what I mean? Like you, you'll get hungrier over time. You'll, you'll be able to process more food, but it, it takes, it does take time. It's just a matter though of like getting through that and just doing it. I almost feel like you have to create the demand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, you put the food in, you're not hungry at first, but after a while you begin to um, anticipate it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. See if we have another good one to couple or one or two to finish on here. Somebody asked us, they said we should get Lee Priest on. We haven't, we've never had Lee on the show. He, he watches. I'd love sometimes. to have him on. Yeah, yeah he's great. On. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, we should make that happen. I think my fear of having Lee Geist, the Lee Priest as a guest, has passed. Yeah, your fear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's it gonna What's gonna happen? Can our show handle it? We, you know, we've had yeah. enough episodes now. We've had <laughs> enough practice with guests. <laughs> we, we can handle Lee. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Don't know. If he hears this, he'll go throw a challenge out. out. What yeah, are you doing? exactly. You got the edit button handy. We can handle it. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, we did have a few more here. Uh, yeah, just kind of not a. I'll tell you what. Somebody asked me this. I mean, if somebody said, um, "Question for the next show: What's the uh, the best Aussie meal you've all had, and where is the best restaurant to get it?" Ron, I've got my own oh. thoughts on this. I'd be curious to hear yours. That's just you two, because I don't even remember eating anything specifically wild in Australia. So yeah, where yeah. did you go? I eat steak and rice every. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter where I live. I'm like, steak and rice. I just remember the dinner we had at that 
restaurant that turned out to be a little too fancy for my taste. And I picked up the tab because it was my turn to pay. And it was $800. (laughs) Holy crap. And Jose Raymond was like, oh, it's your turn. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Jose bought dinner the night before, and I'm pretty sure the bill was close to that too. But then the next night we went and ate, and I was like, ah, it's just seafood. They ordered fish and stuff. And then I got the bill, and I was like, oh, shit. God. (laughs) 800 bucks. There was a bunch of us, but it was it is what it was. It's the only time I've ever been blown away by Bill. I was like, holy shit. No. I had um, this thing. It was called a, a Yukai pie. You ever hear that? Oh, yeah. Yukai pie? You know that? You know what that is, Ron? No, 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 no. I'm just saying it sounds weird. It's good. It was like a, a meat pie, right? And I might even have a picture of it. If I do, I'll, I'll throw it What's up post-production. Doing? Your picture? A real picture? Yeah, yeah. Like okay. a picture that I took. It, it's like a, a meat pie, but it also had eggs in it. It had like kind of like a gravy that would remind me of uh, the gravy you would get on um, poutine. But without the... You know, oh. Isn't there a gravy in that with the... like? It's called without, cheese. Yeah, without, isn't yeah. there a gravy <laughs> with it too? Yeah, no, yeah, gravy and cheese. Yeah, yeah without the yeah. cheese, there's like a kind of like a sweet, you know, meat gravy, and it had eggs, and it was just greasy as all hell too, because they put it in like a little paper sleeve, and hand it to you. Yeah, uh, see through paper. Yeah, the paper. Like yeah, taco? you start. To, I was like, I'm gonna get one of these a couple days later. I'm gonna get one of these and save it. And I walked yeah. out of the store and I was like, no, there's no save in this. It's just going to keep greasing through whatever I put it in. So I had to eat it yeah, right away. Like a fast. metal box. It'll grease through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was it? That's funny. It was the bomb. I went back for another one. I mean, it was really good. It was like, I would love to have one today again. And did I know you I, walk in and say, what is some weird shit you guys make here that they don't have the States? Or how did you come up with this? So... I knew they had meat pies because that's not a U.S. thing. Like, Ron, I know that you guys have them in Canada. and I, I have an you- Australian meat pie story as well. Do you? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. They, have, they have good meat pies there. So uh, a friend of ours that we were hanging out with, Gus, really cool dude, great coach too, powerlifting coach. And uh, we had dinner with him and his client, Sarah Rainbow, who is one of the strongest women in the world. This chick is like freakish strong too. She's like farm strong, like Australian yeah, yeah. farm chick strong. And um, and he said, you got to try Yukai pies. It's U-K-I. And we happened to drive through Yukai. And so we stopped and, and got them. And it was a decision that I am so glad I made. It was one of the best decisions I made in my life, actually. That's funny. I, I don't that's know good. how much that's saying, but go ahead. It's- <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of questionable ones in there. You just, you just said one of the best decisions of your entire life was eating a pie. Yeah, it was that good. It was that good. That's funny. <laughs> All right, Ron, I, I remember my story. <laughs> here's well, just because it it triggered me to remember this. Victor Richards guest post in Australia in 1995 when I was there. I just I was just showed up there for a couple months, and Victor Richards came through town. Yeah, and my buddy, my buddy John was like kind of supposed to, you know, drive him around and he was going to hang out with John, right? Yeah. John would, you know, make sure a promoter asked him, hey, can you, you know, take him out and take him for dinner and all that. So anyways, Victor is at the show. He does the meet and greet. He guest pose. He hangs out. And then after he wants to go to a club. So like John takes him to a club and they're out at a club. And John like scarfs a meal in the car. Yeah. Remember I told you my buddy would eat baked potatoes like apples? Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's like had a meal. He had a meal. He was he was carrying bowls of fruit around before anybody else. So he's had a meal and he's thinking Victor hasn't eaten yet. And he asked him, he's like, Do you want to go eat? And Victor's like, nah, just want to go to the club. So he's like, Okay. So they go to the club. And they're at the club for like a couple hours and he's like starving again. He's like, Are you hungry? And he's like, Nah, not really. And like they're out for like hours. And then the next morning he said, yeah, they were out till like 5 a.m. And the next day, he's like, I don't know how that guy's so big. I was with him for 12 hours, and all he ate was this little meat pie from a stand on the yeah. street in front of the bar. He's like, that's the only thing he ate. He didn't eat a single thing. I was with him for like 12 hours. That's all he had. And he's like huge and yeah, massive. He's 300 pounds at like 5'9". Just massive. And all he ate was this little meat pie from a stand out in front of the bar. And I just remember he was like, John was like so astonished. He was like, man, I had like four meals, a whole four or five meals when I was with him. 
Yeah. He had a little meat pie, and he's so huge. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Genetics and lies. Yeah, so genetic lies. That's me holding the pie there. And, and you can see the egg. See, I took a bite Zoom out of it. Zoom in on that pie. Zoom in on that pie. All right. There we go. It's as good as close this. as I can get there. It was really good. Uh, yeah. I got a little okay. on my face, too. There. That's good. That That's pretty funny. solid. Is the kind of pie that, like, as you start eating it, like, it's going to just fall apart in your hands. So you have to eat it fast. You know what I mean? How many of those did you eat? Because it just wasn't a couple. that big. Yeah, just a okay. couple. Uh, it was heavy. It may have been small, but it's kind of like the way gold is deceptively heavy. It was heavy right. like that. You know what I mean? Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So I think that's that's all we got this week, guys, for, for questions. Right. We're closing on meat pies? Yes. Oh, that's... I wanted to tell you guys about Australia, too, a little bit. There we go. It was good. It was good, Ron. And I got to meet Tony which you guys, some people probably saw that video I posted with him. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was, like, you could tell instantly, man, the dude is a huge fan of the sport still. Like, even though he's been in it for this long, like, he was, he loved it, you know? And he lit yeah. up talking about it. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's done a lot. He fought the battle down there, too, that harsh oh. What harsh, do you mean? Uh, well, that whole situation they had down there during the, couple of years during ago. Oh, yeah. During yeah. the government tyranny days. Yeah. yeah. Tyrannical rule days. Yeah. That was a um, mess for him. Yeah, he fought hard, man. I'm glad he's still kicking. I'm glad that Jim's still there, man. You know, because it was crazy. I remember he told me, because they're 247, right? Doherty's 247. You know, like he never mm-hmm. closes. And uh, I remember he told me that he, the day he opened, he vowed he would never lock his door. Like he would really? always be open, right? So he opened and it's Doherty's 247. And he said to me that he symbolically went, because there was a river right like pretty close to the gym. And he said he symbolically he went down to the river the day he opened and he threw the keys in the in the river. He was like, <laughs> never closing that, never locking the front door. It's like, oh, you know, I don't know if it was his extra set or something, but he threw yeah. a key in the river just to like never shut. And so that's why. And one of the reasons why that was so brutal for him was because that was actually one of his like mission statements. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> you know, man. everyone else, everyone else closes, you know, 11 to five or whatever. Right. But uh, for him, it was actually like part of like everything about that gym was it will never close. It will always be here for the bodybuilders, you know, like no matter what. And it was like part of the, the whole concept, like 30 years ago when he opened or whatever, 20 years ago. Yeah. So it was like extra personal for him, you know, but he's That's a great brutal. guy. I trained there, and I trained uh, at Eugene Tao's gym. So he's a uh, great educator in Australia. I first saw him with John Meadows on some Meadows videos. Uh, oh, John yeah. had gone over there to do like seminars with him and stuff. He has this entire gym. It's completely private. Okay. Yeah, like, you sent me pictures of it. It looked pretty cool. Yeah, let me see if I can pull. This is like the studio portion of his gym but you can see the studio is like set up right in the middle of all this equipment and this is like totally private he has soundproofing through the ceiling and the walls and everything so you, you like it doesn't have that echoey feel that you get in, yeah in a gym normally so you can record and stuff and you can speak at a normal voice it's uh it's pretty cool and he had like a whole wall of nautilus machines have you guys seen this one this thing was the freaking bomb. Oh, that's an old pull-down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me go back to that. He's got this old pull-down, and you're, it's supposed to be a behind-the-neck pull-down. But if you sit on it facing away, it's great for pulling to the front. That's funny. Just got a nice, smooth move to it. Is that all it is? Yeah, yeah. Really good feel, and it pulled down to a really good spot. And he had all these different... Nautilus machines. He's he's one of those guys that is on like their version of Craigslist, you know, like every day just hunting yeah, and yeah, searching yeah. and stuff. Right. So it was cool though. I got to do all of that. Victoria did her talk. I have to send you a clip still, Dusty. I have a, a clip of her laying down the 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 laying down the truth to everybody over there. That's and, awesome. I gotta see that. About, about what? <laughs> um it it, it was an evidence based conference. And one of her big points was that a lot of the people, like basically she said that, you know, the education that we do a lot of times in fitness 
it's it's kind of an indulgent thing. We get to study the things we want to study, and you haven't had to take like advanced statistical analysis classes, the stuff that really sucks, but is the foundation for understanding how to read studies. So we have right. all these people who are running around quoting all these studies, but they don't really have the foundations of education to understand a lot of times what they're saying. And they're purporting all these, you know, facts. I put my hand right. up in air quotes, facts, when the reality is like, you know, they don't always understand where they're coming from. She was specifically talking about why it might not be a good idea to base your training around your menstrual cycle for women. Because there's a whole movement that, like, you need to adjust your training based off uh, of where you're at in your cycle. Oh, right. And yeah, know, yeah. So I know she was saying that, like, you know, there's no there's no science to really say that you should do that. Yeah, right. yeah. I get it. That that creeps into like the micromanaging of so many things, and I just it it. it, it like I said, spreadsheet bodybuilding can can yeah. get very very out of control. So, okay, yeah. interesting. So it was well, cool. send it to me too. I will. Yeah. I will. So it was cool. We got to go the last few days. We went to a cabin out in the Gondwana rainforest, and uh, it was awesome, man. I mean, the cabin was like I think eighty dollars US per night, so it wasn't like a fancy place. But there was a, a you know, in the rainforest. Uh, there's a waterfall on the property. We were collecting quartz crystals. We were finding crystals in the creek and stuff, in the river and stuff. Um, there were wallabies that would just like hang out on the property and graze. Parrots in the tree while we're like cooking our food and stuff. We we went hiking a bunch. It was cool. It was really nice. It was fun. That's yeah, awesome. It like you had a blast, man. It's such a. There's so much to do there. I mean, it's such, it's such a cool a country, huge, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's it's outrageous. Did so. you did you drive when you were there at all? Yep. Yeah. Well, How yeah. was that for you? Because, like, I was scared at first. Like, I was worried the night before. Like, we rented a car and we had to drive, I don't even know, a couple hundred kilometers out of town into the mountains, into what yeah. turned out to be like these crazy little winding roads that were literally just one lane. Like, you have to pull off the road to let somebody yeah. by. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, just driving on the other side, man, I did make one mistake. But I did all right with it. But it's it's it was tricky, you know what I mean? I I remember it seemed like I, I remember being worried. Oh, that's gonna be weird. But I remember it didn't take long to just kind of fall in line and yeah, you know what I mean. Especially driving around the town where there's people to follow. Like when you're yes, you know, when you're in traffic, there's always people to follow. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes if you're going down like a residential road where there's no line on the road and you just kind of find yourself driving down the middle of the road. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like that sort of thing, you know, I but screwed yeah, up. You get used to it. I, I didn't have a standard. Time. I had an automatic, so I, I didn't have to worry about the shifting with your other hand. Cause the pedals oh, are the same. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people don't realize that the, the pedals are the same. They don't change order, but the shifter will change obviously sides. Yeah. So yeah. that's the only thing. Yeah. I had an automatic. Yeah. So that, that made it easier. Yeah. And I did mess up on the inside of the car, like the way you roll your windows down. You're used to like going to the, you know, the the left side, you know what I mean, to roll your window down. So that was screwy. The turn signals on the other side. So I'd go to turn and I'd put on my windshield wipers. The wipers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I would and, do so much shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah, going to change lanes. Boom, wipers are on high now. Oh, shit, every time. <laughs> And then, then when we came home, I turned on my wipers again, you know, like, cause then I'm yeah. used to doing it the yeah, other way. Yeah, you got way. used to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I did yeah. make one mistake and I, I pulled into the wrong way on a roundabout. And this was after I'd been doing it for days, but there was nobody else in front of me. So I wasn't following them. And we were like, we had to stop and get gas. And it's like, we're in a roundabout and like right to our right was a gas station. And I needed to get in there, but we were supposed to go left. And I'm like, okay, but we're going to stop at the gas station first. And I turned right into the roundabout. Oh, and these two went cars, the wrong way. Yeah. These two cars are like head on. They didn't, they didn't freak out or anything. And then I just pulled right into the gas station. It was it. I got done. <laughs> So I no yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I do remember, um, you know, back when I first went there, there were no roundabouts here, 
right? Oh. Like I never driven through a round back in the nineties, like we didn't have any roundabouts here, right? Like yeah. I don't remember growing up as a kid, roundabouts were not a thing here. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Australia and they're everywhere, like yeah. all over the residential neighborhoods, all over the big high like everywhere. They use them all the time. And I remember that scene from European vacation. Remember Chevy Chase? You know, oh, he got stuck vac- in it and kept going around, right? Yeah. I remember they're yeah. in Paris and he, he can't fit or London, London or Paris. And he just can't get out of the, f- and it just did there, you know, the sun starts setting and he's still stuck in the roundabout. <laughs> like, hey kids, just give me a second. I'll get out. You know, like I just uh, remember thinking of that when I was over there learning, me too, actually. you know, and how the inside <laughs> lane has the right of way to just go out wherever they want, you know? Yeah. So yeah. you gotta like, you, you start, you learn pretty quick. But I remember after I drove enough roundabouts, I was like, why don't we have these back home? They're way better. Yeah, yeah it's easier. Everything just keeps flowing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's it, guys. Yeah. Okay. Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Ring the bell. And remember, Dusty, I am mutant.com, Dusty20, Big Ron20. Get your 20% off on your protein. You're all in, and everyone should get on the gear. Remember the Think Big Bodybuilding Media Patreon. Uh, help keep a producer homed. Thank you, guys. And, Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love the Doherty's gym shirt. Great yes. addition to today's episode. So uh, thanks to everyone. Thanks for all your questions. And, uh, you know, thanks for everything, guys. The views have been great. We had a little break and you didn't even know it. And we're back all refreshed. And remember, it's just bodybuilding.